0: Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including house churches, gathering times, and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Steve Fowler. In a moment like this where Trina and I are stepping away, um, but after some years, you start to feel kind of old. Um, because you start, you, you start playing with the memories of, of what things have been like. I mean, remember family gathers and children's choirs, man. I remember when Jennifer Roth and Laura Scherr were back in the day, just kids in the <laughs> kids choir, man. I remember so clearly the day I got to baptize. Brian Condelo as a high school student um, before he had his tattoos removed, and, uh, and, and oh, man, I, I love doing baby dedications, In that moment where I actually got to dedicate and pray over this new baby, uh, Rob Basham, um, and which when you see that picture, it makes you understand why that mother is crying and wiping away tears. <laughs> I showed this picture to my grandson, Charlie, and he said, whoa, that's a grandpa baby, and um, yeah, shocking. So let's get that off the screen. We got to wipe that image from our, our memory, but definitely lots of good memories, and we, uh, we often like having fun with each other. So there's my gift to you. Um, so that may you overcome all that. To which uh, Mark said, uh, you know, Steve and Rob are different, and he says, Praise God. Uh, so <laughs> we're, we're a good team. Hey, uh, Speaking of Rob, years ago, Rob and I were on a trip. We were actually looking for a place that we could partner um, with the international church, either come alongside one that's already existing and struggling or maybe start one, because we really believe there's a move of God in the future as people are moving all around the planet for a variety of reasons, and we see international churches playing a role in that. And we happened to be in uh, Berlin, Germany. We're looking at a work there and just there for a couple of days when I got a text from my son who had seen, uh, my son Chase, who had, who had seen an Instagram post that we were in Berlin and he, he texted and said, Hey, um, I'm flying in tonight and do you want to hang out said, absolutely um, we we connected with my son chase and uh, and he actually is in the music industry he is a business manager for artists uh for bands and there was a rapper that was doing a concert in berlin so that's why he was there so he then asked us do, do you want to go to the concert, the rap concert was we like uh sure why not we'll 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 go and so we got backstage passes here's a video on the screen of, the, of that that concert and rob and i are there we're kind of just up in this this kind of reserve seat place we got the backstage passes we're taking in this concert and man we were having the time of our life and um and a little bit of fish out of water in that in that, in that concert but there's you know, there's something about getting access to places where no one else gets to go and, and experiencing something that we, we like this kind of stuff. We like this idea that, you know, if you do a lot of traveling and you earn airline miles, you like the idea that when they're asking people to board the plane, that you, you get exclusive access. You get to come onto the plane earlier than others. And that way you get your carry-on in the, in the carry-on space. And you don't have to worry about that being, you know, put down below and having to pick it up at the baggage claim. Or you like kind of knowing that, you know, in some major cities, there's these restaurants and they're great restaurants, but in the restaurant, there's actually a restaurant inside the restaurant. And if you know the code and you make the reservation and you, and you say the key phrase or the key word that you can actually get access to a restaurant that's hidden that others don't know about. You get, you get to go to the restaurant inside the restaurant. And speaking of restaurants, I remember the first time I went to In and Out Burger. I go to In-N-Out Burger, and I order my burger. It was great and, and all that. And, and, but I heard people saying that the, they got their burger animal style, their french fries animal style. And I'm like, what is animal style? And I go back and look at the menu, and there's no phrase up there that says animal style and realize that, no, it's a secret menu, that you, you, have, you get insider information. And when you get the insider information, you have access to food that others have, have, don't have access they still know about. We like this. We, we, we're drawn to this. It speaks to our longing for access. And uh, we, we like exclusivity as, it, as, it, as it's presented in that way. But when it's presented in, in, in those ways, which brings a lot of it, you know, like, this feels good. When it's brought into the topic of the arena of faith and spirituality, there's something in people that recoils to that idea. To exclusivity. Or to, 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 this idea of, of, of access only one way. You heard that in Lori's testimony as she was hearing about, about Jesus and there's one way and uh, some symbol and, uh, and that, there's something in us that is jarred by that. Uh, friends, we're in this series we're calling Crave. We're talking about the great I am. We went back to Exodus and saw that God revealed himself to Moses as that I am who I am. And when you get to the Gospel of John, Jesus is making these I am statements. He's helping us understand who God is, who he is. And he's speaking these seven I am statements, these seven core longings of our soul. So when he says, I am the good shepherd, he's speaking to our longing to be led well. When he says, I am the light of the world, he's speaking to our longing for revelation and insight. And Brian did such a great job last week talking about our longing for joy, for lasting joy. And Jesus saying, I am the true vine. There's false vines out there, but I am the true vine. And today, we're getting to this text in John 13 and 14 where Jesus says words that, frankly, um, are jarring for people, maybe even turn people off to following Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I think one of the reasons why we, so many people struggle with what Jesus says here is because we picture this message, I am the way, tr- the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We picture this as a message to be shouted through a bullhorn. You go to a football game, and there's someone standing there, big banners, and they're shouting Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it's just this loud and, and sometimes just blaring message, or it's plastered on a billboard as you're driving down a highway, and it sort of jumps out at you as you're going, or it's on a shirt. And, and, and it's just this, this message of it, it's presented in such an exclusive uh, 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 way, and and yet The reality is, is that when you get to the statement in John chapter 14, what you see is a completely different picture. You're in a restaurant and you hear the chatter of people enjoying a good meal. Utensils are clanging against plates and there's the hum, the hum of activity in a restaurant. And then suddenly you realize that it's getting quiet. There's a hush that's come over this, this dining room, this dining area. And you look over and there's this young couple that's sitting at a table and you notice that there's a young woman who's still seated, but there's a young man and he is down on one knee and he has a ring in his finger and the room is at a hush level because everyone knows what's happening. A proposal is taking place. This young man is asking this woman to, to, to be his wife. And as the conversation is taking place, and as some of you are even remembering that moment for you, there's this tension. Will she say yes? And then you see them embrace and you see the kiss and there's applause that fills the restaurant. And if you're paying attention, you're going to pick up that bill for that that meal or you're going to send over a bottle of wine and celebrate with them because he has said, will you choose me? And she has said yes. And friends, if you can picture that scene in your mind's eye, then you have accurately captured the context of what is happening in John chapter 14. I'll I'll, I'll lay that out for us, hopefully with even greater clarity, but let me just read the text where Jesus says these words. John 13, verse 33, dear children, I will be with you only a little longer, and as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now, I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me and where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't, Lord. Thomas said, We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. This is God's holy word. It's a dinner party. And Jesus is celebrating, and he's celebrating a holiday. It's Passover. This is the scene of the Last Supper, and this is the Last Supper discourse from, from John's gospel. And, and at this dinner party on this Passover night, the entire nation of Israel is remembering. They're celebrating a moment that when God brought his people out of slavery, out of Egypt, and brought them to the Promised Land. If you remember the story, you know that that final plague was a devastating plague. But the way of protection was this lamb, this Passover lamb, and if you took the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost of your home, when that last, that plague, the death angel came over uh, the city, anyone under the blood of the lamb would be protected. And they were, and the people were delivered. And friends, on this night, all of Israel is remembering this moment at a dinner party. This is a celebration. This is remembering what God has done for his people. But it also takes you back to a covenant that God makes with his people. Exodus chapter six captures these words as God is talking to Moses. Uh, He says, therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people. In these verses here, we'll throw some underlines on them because these are important statements. I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you as my own. This covenant is, yes, it's a a covenant between the king and his people. But more importantly, the Jewish people understood this was a marriage covenant. I will free you. I'll bring you out. I, I, I will redeem you. I will take you as my own. This is a marriage covenant, which is why anytime time the people go sideways and they, be, they begin drifting from God, he will use language like you're committing spiritual adultery. It's all under the framework of Marriage. And when you get to John chapter 14, and Jesus talks about, I'm preparing a place for you, my father's house has many rooms, he's, he's picking up the marriage theme again. Because what happens is, when a young man and his dad come to begin an engagement with a young woman and, and her dad, the, the, this, this, this new marriage is going to begin, the two dads meet, and a, a covenant is written, and it's... It's solemnized with, 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 by the drinking of a cup. And then the new groom to be will say to his future bride, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. I'm going to go to my father's house. And when that room is prepared, I will come back and I will take you, I will bring you out. And Jesus is using this same language of a proposal, a marriage proposal, as he's saying, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. You've got to get this. This statement of Jesus is not a message to be shouted into a bullhorn at, people. This statement of Jesus is Jesus getting on one knee and saying, will you choose me? Will you choose? choose me this is what Jesus and friends this is the most inclusive invitation you will ever hear it's an invitation extended to to every person every ethnicity It doesn't matter what your gender is it doesn't matter where you fall in the social economic strata of society it's for everyone it's the most inclusive invitation that's ever been extended and Jesus is saying will you choose me will you say yes I remember very clearly the day I got down on one knee and asked Trina Holstey to be my wife. And she said yes. Now, my friends at the time questioned them, scratched their heads, said, why in the world did she say yes to you? Well, the good question. Maybe, maybe you're asking that question. And in the context of what we're talking about today, why, why in the world would you say yes to Jesus? Why, why would you, why would, when he says, will you choose me, why would you choose him? And Jesus answers that question for us in his statement, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He first says, I am the way. This is the, the, the word hodos in, in the Greek. It literally means I am the road. I am the pathway. It's, it's, it's a path personified. And he, you got to hear what Jesus is saying there. Jesus is saying, I actually have your best in mind. I I, I actually have your best in mind. I actually, the way, I'm the road, the pathway to a flourishing and satisfying life. I have your best in mind, and I want to lead you to a place that's so satisfying, to a flourishing life. And yet at the same time, there are other voices out there saying, no, no, this is the way. No, no, that's the way. And that was happening in Jesus' day. The the zealots, these were were the guys who were saying, you know, we have to get rid of the Romans. They're ruling in our nation, and we need to use violence and get rid of this oppression and drive the Romans out. That will usher in the messianic age, the, the golden age once again. That will lead to a satisfying life. The rabbis were shouting into their bullhorns. And the rabbis were saying, no, no, the way forward isn't violence. That's, that's not the key. The way forward actually is religious piety. If we can just be holy enough, if we can just modify our behavior to the point that we're really, really, really good people, then God will see our extended levels of holiness and, and the Messiah will come. And then there were the Essenes. And the Essenes were saying, no, the way forward is not violence. The, the way forward isn't religious piety. Actually, the way forward is to withdraw into the desert, sort of a monastic style, and embrace minimalism. See, In Jesus' day, there were plenty of people saying, here's the way forward. Here's the way into our future. And Jesus said, it's, it's none of those. And friends, people are still saying that here's the way forward. Here's the way to a satisfying and flourishing life. We, we we in in our day and age we we have folks who uh who, who are lead, trying to lead us well and then they're saying actually this is the this is the pathway. This is the pathway uh to this utopic society and this is how we're gonna progress forward and progress forward as a as a society. And and then there's there's others saying, No, no, it's not that. It's actually the accumulation of stuff. The more wealth you have, the bigger your portfolio is, and uh the more money that's in your bank account. That's that's actually what a satisfying and fruitful or satisfying and flourishing life looks like. And still others say, no, it's not stuff. It's, it's not some, some pathway we're all going to travel together. It's actually the discovery of self. If you can just figure out who you really are, and if you could fulfill all your personal desires and be your authentic self, then you will experience a satisfying and flourishing life. Friends, there's all kinds of messages out there saying this is the way. And Jesus is saying, it's not a way of life, it's me. It's being with me and walking in my foot, walking in my way, and that will lead to a satisfying and flourishing life. I actually have your best in mind, and I want to give you the gift of life that you've never experienced before. And he's down on one knee, and he's asking, will you choose me? Will you trust that I actually have your best in mind? And Ignatius of Loyola will say these words as it relates to this. He says, sin is unwillingness to trust that what God wants from me is only my deepest joy. Yet Jesus is saying, friends, will you choose me? He's not shouting this at you. He's inviting you to go in a way that actually has your best in mind. Here's the second thing Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am the truth. Don't think truth in the sense of a contrast between true or false. Yeah, it's that, but it's way deeper than that. This is the word truth that in English literally means reality. I am reality. There are people looking for the secrets of the universe. There are people looking for the secrets of the good life. And Jesus is saying, look, I'm the one, if you put your trust in me, I will be the guide who will actually lead you to what is best for you. You can. I'm the trustworthy guide. And, um, and, and, he's, and he's, he's saying that I, I, I want to protect you. I, I grew up in Hong Kong. I remember as a kid um, getting in a taxi one day, giving the destination to a taxi driver, and we're driving along, and I realized that um, we're, we're going the long way to our destination. The meter's running, so I, I know that we're trying to run up the meter a little bit, so I, I know a, a little bit of, of the language growing up there, and so I, I said some things and tried to persuade the driver to go the, the shorter way um, that was more fair. And uh, he said, no, we're, this, this was a shorter way. And I persuaded him that no, we're going to go the way that's the shortest. And we made a mid course correction. Went back to Hong Kong. Now I'm married. I take Trina. Uh, we, we we're newly married. We, we go to Hong Kong and we go to a store and we're looking at something to purchase. And the guy behind the counter sees two young uh, foreigners and comes to the conclusion these are gullible tourists so when I ask for a price he quadruples the price there's a phrase you can say in Chinese that will cause someone to be aware of the fact that you are not a gullible tourist and I spoke that phrase eyes got big we got a really good price that day (laughs) you got to hear what Jesus is saying he's saying I will be your trustworthy guide and I will protect you from life's soul swindlers those who want to swindle you out of your inheritance. Those who want to take from you what I have given to you. This is why Jesus will say, "Why gain the whole world and forfeit your soul?" He's on one knee. He's got a ring in his. He's proposing and he's saying, "Will you choose me? I am the way. I'm the I have your best in mind. Trust me. And if you will trust me, I will protect you from everyone else who actually wants to steal what is best for you." I am the way, I am the truth, and lastly, he says, I am the life. You've heard me teach on this before. The English word life in our New Testament, uh, the the, the original language, it's actually, there's all kinds of life there 's bios life this is our biology our physical life there 's suke life this is where we get our english word psyche there 's the the self life and there 's zoe life this is eternal life and that that 's what Jesus is talking about here the the life he is offering is, is zoe life this is life beyond life this is what this is what jesus is offering when he 's down on one knee now here 's the deal physical life we we 've been given the gift of being able to to uh to have children and to have grandchildren and we we can flesh gives birth to flesh this is what jesus told nicodemus nicodemus physical life can give birth to, to physical life but spirit gives birth to spirit See, we, we can reproduce physical life. In fact, what we can do is, is, you know, if we take care of ourselves, if we exercise, if we pay attention to nutrition, to nutrition we go and we, we see our doctor, we have our physicals, we can extend our physical life perhaps 5, 10, 15 years. But the reality is, we don't like to talk about this, but the reality is physical life comes to an end. It, it just does. But we can take, we can try to extend it as long as we can, and it's good that we have mentors and counselors and therapists that we can see that can help us with 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 with, with our psyche, with our, with ourselves. That's a good thing. It's good to have a sage like person in our life who can speak wisdom into our life. But the reality is, is that when the physical life perishes, so does the self. And Jesus is saying, "I want to give you something that you do not have access to, friends. We have a longing for access." And Jesus is down on one knee and he is proposing and he's asking, will you choose me? I am the way. I am the road and I have your best in mind. Would you come with me? I am the truth. I will protect you from life's soul swindlers and I am the life. I want to give you life beyond life. Will you choose me? And I believe C.S. Lewis captures this moment so well. When he writes these words, it's a, it's a longer quote. The words will be up on the screen. Lewis says, the difference between biological life and spiritual life is so important. The biological sort which comes to us through nature and which, like everything else in nature, is always tending to run down and decay so that it can only be kept up by incessant subsidies from nature in the form of air, water, food, etc., is bios, The spiritual life, which is in God from all eternity and which made the whole natural universe, is Zoe. Bios has a certain shadowy or symbolic resemblance to Zoe, but only the sort of resemblance that there is between a photo and a place or a statue and a man, a person who changes from having Bios to having Zoe, would have gone through as a big a change, as a statue which has changed from being carved to being a real person. And that is precisely what Christianity is all about. The world is a great sculptor's shop. We are the statues. And there is a rumor going around that some of us are someday going to come to life. Or in the words of the velveteen rabbit, real isn't how you are made. It's a thing that happens to you. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. And this is what Jesus is placing before us. He's on one knee. Friends, this is not a message being shouted through a bullhorn. This is a proposal. Jesus is on one knee. He's using all kinds of marriage language. Actually, earlier in the week, he's used parables about marriage. He's talked about virgins with, with waiting with oil. He's, talk, he's talked about bridesmaids. He's 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 talking about a proposal, and he's saying, will you choose me? And here's the beautiful thing. When Trina said yes to me, she got to access all of me and my family. She grafted in, so to speak. And when I said yes to her, I got grafted into her family, the Holstead family, and and I got access to her family. And what Jesus is saying is, if you will say yes to me, I will give you access to everything that is mine. It's an invitation of a lifetime. It's not some message being shouted at people. It's an invitation that is most inclusive invitation you will ever hear. Which, frankly, leads very clearly to just, there's probably lots of ways to respond to something like this today. But the two that are most obvious are this. The first one is simply to say, it's, for some of us in the room, it's time to say yes. It, it, it's time to say yes to Jesus. So you've been hearing about Jesus, and maybe you've been coming, and you've been coming to church and trying to learn about who God is and, and who Jesus is. And maybe when it comes to this whole idea, it's like, well, Christianity is, is, is exclusive. And yes, Jesus is saying there's a narrow way. There is a way that will get you to the things that, and to the person that you so long for that you probably haven't even found words for yet. And Jesus is saying, I am that way. And friends, it's time to say yes. And the prophets of old would say that today is the day of salvation. They spoke this with a sense of urgency. See, right now, Jesus is on one knee and he's asking, will you choose me? But there's going to come a day when actually he will get off his knee and the rooms will have been prepared at the father's house and he will come and take his bride to be with him. But the invitation today is to say yes to Jesus. One of the ways that we do that here is that even as we're meeting, even as we're worshiping, even as we're singing, even as there's preaching going on, when someone says yes, when they realize that there's brokenness in their life and there's someone who can make them whole again, when they realize that there's guilt and shame that, that needs to be lifted off and there's one who actually can make you pure and without stain and acceptable to the Father, they come to a cross and they take a white ribbon and they write their name on it, and they pound at uh, on the cross. The pounding on the cross doesn't save them, but it, what it does, it's, it's a moment that requires movement. And that's, that's happened this weekend. And for some of you in the room, you know who you are because your your heart's already starting to beat a little bit fast because Jesus is inviting. Just think of the the bride's heart beating fast when that groom is on their knee. That's what you're feeling. And Jesus is saying, will you choose me? And even now as I'm speaking and even now as the team comes and joins me out here on the platform, I'm inviting you to come to a cross and say yes to Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Would you come? Here's the second way that we can respond. And by the way, for those of you on live stream, those of you in house churches, a way for you to respond is just email us at the cross at thecrossatstmaliance.org or post something on Facebook and have someone follow up with you. you can, or have someone in your, and tell someone in your house church that this is a step that you want to take. And that team will come around you second thing that is obvious from this passage, it's time to renew my vows. You may be here, and you had a moment where you got down on one knee, and you said yes to Jesus, and that was either, maybe not too long ago, maybe it was quite some time ago, but as you've gone forward, you're realizing now, because the Spirit of God is already prompting you, He's already saying to you, yes, you said yes to Jesus, but along the way, you said yes to others as well and your heart has become divided. You've given yourself to others instead of giving yourself fully to Jesus. We need to understand this. You are not a disciple of Jesus unless it's, it's all of you. You can't have one foot on the way of Jesus and one foot on the way of the world. It doesn't work that way. Jesus wants everything. And for some of you, you began by saying yes to Jesus, and now he's saying, I am still asking you to choose me holy. And this morning, a way for you to renew your vows is to do the very same thing. It's just come to the cross. Just grabbing a white ribbon, putting your name. in It's just, friends, it's just this, the pounding on the cross doesn't, that doesn't do the work. It's your heart. It's creating a moment that you say, I'm, I'm back. And you need to know that Jesus is not angry with you. He's on one knee. He's saying, will you choose me? I'm going to invite you to stand. Team's going to lead us. we got people by the cross. We'll cheer you on. Would you come renew your vows? Would you come say yes to Jesus? He's on one knee, ready to celebrate with you, ready to welcome you home. Let's worship him. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.